The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today on this Thanksgiving? Uh, it's turkey day, and I'm ready to go, brother. Yeah, it's the morning here in uh, Palm yeah. City, Florida. And uh, listen, folks, most of you have heard about my two daughters, but you've never uh, heard from them. So they wanted to say a quick happy Thanksgiving to the audience. So first for me, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Now, Amelia, yeah. this is my five-year-old. Are you ready? This is your big podcasting appearance. Are you ready to say happy Thanksgiving? All right, get up on the mic here. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right. All right. Now, Isabel, this is my 13-year-old rower, Brazilian jiu-jitsu gymnast, former softball player, field hockey player, and uh, soccer player as well. Give them a big happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Good job, kids. You see, I got right. it's just the best part of having a home studio. So there you go for my audience. Love you all. Thanks for all the emails and positive feedback. And, you know, you ask, what are you thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for my my faith, my family, my freedom, my country, Producer Joe, my job, the opportunities the Lord's put in front of me, and for you all for putting up with me for the last, uh, gosh, Joe, what is it, three years, two and a half years now? Who knows? Yeah, 597 episodes. So I appreciate that. Joe, and uh, you're a good man. Appreciate you Thank hanging you. in there with us, too. So he's been with us from the beginning. All right. I figured, um, Joe and I figured it'd be a good day for a Rough Cuts episode. They're yeah. always a little lighter. I mean, who needs politics today? But quickly, one quick story I did see, which I thought was. Interesting, uh-huh. because it go. is... I knew it, I knew it. You know there's always it. one, I, right, Joe? I knew it, I knew it. I can't help it. I was reading um, Judge last night, and I saw this this story about the NFL. Again, their ratings are just collapsing, and given that it's Turkey Day with football, this is a good time mm. to turn off the football and spend time with your family. So that's a good note. So I'm thankful that the NFL decided to take a knee, because I took a knee on them, and now it's that much more time to you know, hang around with my family and have conversations with them rather than getting lost in a football game where they're going to disrespect our flag. But the stories, I'll put it in the show notes today, by the way. Mm. Their ratings are just collapsing. It's just amazing. And I tweeted last night, this has to be the worst PR stunt in the history of humankind. I mean, talk yeah. about just decimating a brand. But really, it's great for us. More time for your family. All right, so um, I'm going to put all these articles and the stuff I talk about because even when I do rough cut shows, I always back everything up with articles and things. I don't just make this stuff up out of thin air. I saw a couple of good pieces, and um, one of them I, I wanted to discuss is, you know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, the working out stuff and everything like that, and, you know, sometimes it's about weightlifting, and well, one of them I, I, I got recently was about what kind of, like, conditioning work, like cardio, you know, what you, I guess some people call cardio, I do, mm-hmm. and I'm a big believer in what they call, you know, Metcon, metabolic conditioning. What? I'm not knocking running, folks. Let me just be clear on this. I'm not, people, or jogging, we should say. Mm-hmm. be more precise about it. I'm not knocking it. It's it's a decent, solid form of exercise. It's not my bag of donuts for what I do. Now, if you're a marathon runner, if you're a, you know, run 5Ks, that's a skill. And I, I, I'm, I admire people who can do it. I just don't think it's the best form of metabolic conditioning. It's great if you want to train to jog, you know, professionally, or that's your thing. And if you just like it, by all means, knock it out of the park. But I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it because I don't think it's applicable towards real life if you are not someone who does that for, you know, whatever, Joe, for for, for the for the for the glory or the money or whatever it may be. I don't think it's it's great. So mm-hmm. I saw an article at, at T Nation, which is a it's a little bit of a hardcore website, folks, but they, they do really, really they write great stuff. So I saw an article about the best types of metabolic conditioning for what I, I put in big capital letters, us. 
like normal people who don't run marathons for a living, who are just looking for a good amount of conditioning. God forbid you get mugged, you have a tough day at the office, you just want to be able to physically respond to a situation that's stressful. God forbid you see a car accident in front of you and you need to like roll a car out of the way. What's the best type of metabolic conditioning for normal folks? So they listed seven, seven types of conditioning that are really, really good stuff. And for me, do mixed mar- who does mixed martial arts, I really like this stuff. And here is the first one, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Strongman conditioning. Now, you may say, well, I'm not a strongman. What do you mean? Like that ESPN strongest man in the world stuff? Yeah, basically. Now, you don't have to lift the weights they do and the rocks they do. But if you have a backyard or you have a big enough uh, house and you're blessed to have that, you know, go get yourself like a, a you know, a, a couple of spare tires. You know, what do I do with spare tires? What are you doing? You throw them. You know, and, and obviously, as I said before, the less rough cuts, and I'll tell you now, go see your doctor first. I mean it. Please don't get yourself hurt. Like I have enough conditions that I wouldn't have known about until I got a checkup. But seriously, if you have any kind of arthritis or heart problems, check that out first. But spare tires are great. And I'll put in the article in there some of the things they suggest. One of the other great things I like with strongman type conditioning is, is the unpredictability of it. So back in the day, Joe, I had a friend of mine and he had a big water pipe, like a PVC tube, mm-hmm. and he sealed it up and he put water in it. And he left a little bit of air in there, obviously. And you're like, well, why would he do that? One, because it's really heavy, filled with water. And it was so uneven. It was unsteady. Yes. And he would pick it up. He would keep it in the crook of his elbow. He would press it over his head. He would carry it. Um, He would flip it like a pole. Now, you just, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to take your own face off. But he would, and he loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. And he would do it for, you know, five and six minute uh, segments and then take a little break. And man, his heart was racing. So, you know, tire flipping, pole flipping. But don't get anything into your head. But what you know, fill it with water if you want. Uh, what else? They chains. The I, I used to work out in a gym on Long Island. I think it was an Oceanside. It was called Iron Island, and they had these big ship chains. You know, yeah. the, like you know what I'm talking about, right? They're very huge familiar chains. with them. <laughs> yeah, and you would pick those things up, and you would drag those things. So strongman type stuff is really applicable towards real life activity, and the metabolic conditioning effects are almost directly transferable onto real life activities. God forbid you need them. A, a, a fight, if God forbid you find yourself in in that situation, you're attacked. Again, you're in a car accident. You need to get out. These are the kinds of things I really like. So that was number one, and I wholeheartedly agree. Number two was body weight circuits. And the nice part about body weight circuits for metabolic conditioning, for what we call GPP, general physical preparedness. Mm-hmm. Nice part about body weight circuits, Joe, is you don't need any equipment. You, you Candidly speaking, you don't even need a lot of space. Body weight circuits, what does that mean? Body weight squats, uh, push-ups, bear crawls. I'm not a huge fan of bear crawls because they're kind of rough on your shoulders. And if you have any kind of arthritis or joint problems, they're probably not great for you. But in the piece I'm going to put in the show notes, you'll see some suggested body weight circuits, some uh, burpees, you know, squat jumps, squat, squat thrusting, those kinds of things. Really, really cool stuff. And the nice part about it is you don't need any equipment. You can move from exercise to exercise seamlessly. You don't have to worry about equipment stations or any setup. And you can do it for three-minute rounds. You can do it Tabata style. We do 20 seconds on, 10-second break, 20 seconds on, 10-second break. You can do five-minute rounds, six-minute rounds, three-minute rounds. And it's, it's really good stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan of bodyweight circuits for a warm-up. But that was number two, uh, really solid types of metabolic conditioning. Number three 
sled combos. This is hard. You have to go buy a sled and you need a lot of space. What's a sled? Mm-hmm. You'll see these things like the Prowler where it's literally looks like a sled with handles on it. Mm-hmm. And you grab the handles and you just push the sled and you load it down. Wait, you may say, oh, it doesn't sound too hard. Give it a try. You'll say anyone who's used the Prowler knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's one of those things you'll go, I can't breathe. It's rough, but it is expensive. Uh, not too expensive, but the Prowler, but it requires a good amount of space to push. You know, you can't push it in your living room. And, you know, so, but that's number three. Number four, sprints. This one's rough because if you have bad knees like me and you're you know older, I'm 43, it's probably not an option for you. But for you younger folks out there, sprints are great. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of jogging, but sprints are really good. They'll get your heart rate through the roof. Uh, five, medicine ball throws. This is terrific. You know what medicine ball is, Joe? You oh, see yeah. those, right? You get like a, I think we have a 12 pounder here. My wife has one, but you get like a 20 pounder. You can get them pretty heavy. And they're just basically leather balls filled with, you know, enough stuff to make them heavy enough, enough stuffing in there. And you take them and you throw them and you slam them and you push them overhead. And you just, again, you do rounds. And that, another really incredible form of dynamic conditioning. Um, six complexes, barbell complexes. These are a little more complicated. This is definitely not for newbies or any kind of rookies lifting. So, but if you're an experienced, uh, you know, a, 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 if you're an experienced lifter, you've been in the gym a little while, you, you know, you're, you're a wrestler. If you got some background in physical activity, you might want to give these a try. Complexes are, I remember in, when I used to go to CrossFit once in a while, we did the bear complex, which was, a, this is tough. It, I hated this. It was a deadlift into a front squat into an overhead press behind the neck, into an overhead press again, and it was like back down, back down to the floor. I may be missing something in there, there, but it was really, really tough. And you do that, you know, you don't do it with maximum weight. Obviously, you're doing it for metabolic conditioning, but I'm a big fan of complexes, but they can't, you have to be really careful. That's not the kind of thing I would recommend if you're a beginner. But again, all this is in the piece. The seventh one, they had something different. I forget what it was, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was that great. So I added my own in this and that was kettlebells, which I talked about during the last Rough Cuts episode we did. Super cheap to buy. A kettlebell is like a cannonball with a handle. I mean, really, it looks like a cannonball too. You've been using those as long as I've known you. Oh man, you saw, remember my basement? We used to do the show in the basement. I had the whole ensemble of kettlebells i had everything from a what 20 pounder to a i have a right now i have an 82 pounder i use the 82 pounder mm-hmm. and i love it and i like to do the the i told uh told you in the last rough cuts my favorite exercise in the world is the kettlebell swing because it's so applicable towards everything you do in real life mm. um and it's, it's it's hard to control it's it yeah. It just does your core, your back, your legs, your your caboose, your hamstrings, everything, your entire hip complex. I'll take the 82-pounder. And in the Secret Service, when I was there, one of the PT tests, the physical fitness tests they had for the counter-assault team, our SWAT team, those are the guys in like the black ninja suits that are in our motorcade. Those Their whole job is like to take the fight to the bad guy, right? You know, the mm-hmm. Secret Service agent's job, Joe, is to run. Really? It's not the fight. It's to take the president and get the hell out of there. We don't go, hey, Mr. President, stand by. We're going to shoot it out with these guys. That's not our <laughs> job. Our job is to get them the hell out of there. That's it. That's not the cat team's job. The cat team's job, the SWAT guys, they are really, they have, it's really tough to get in there. They're all special agents. You have to take an extra PT test and shooting test to get in. A lot of guys don't make it. Hmm. Their job is to stay and duke it out and to fight with those guys. Why? To keep them 
bogged down why we get the hell out of Dodge. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I'm I've saying? never heard of them before. Yeah, yeah. counter assault team. Matter of fact, one of the um, one of the saddest, uh, most disappointing moments in my Secret Service career. It used to be the counter assault team, the SWAT guys we had, used to be part of the Presidential Protective Protective Division, the President's Detail which is a really small number of Secret Service agents, by the way. So the way the Secret Service would work, Joe, just remind me, this was about the kettlebells. I don't want to lose my place here because it's an important story there. Gotcha. But the CAT team, the uh, the way it used to work is after five to seven years as a special agent in the field doing criminal investigations in the Secret Service, you would you'd be eligible to go to the president's detail. Now, not a lot of people get there. I don't know, maybe one in 10. I'm not really sure what the number, but it wasn't a lot. You'd have to take a test to get there. Once you were on the president's detail, only the president's detail guys could try out for the counter assault team. Hmm. Now, I kind of thought that was a better way of doing it because it instilled some presidential protection division discipline on the guys. Those guys are different. Once you're on the president's detail, it's like a, it's almost like a paramilitary organization. They eventually pulled that out after the Department of Homeland Security took over the Secret Service, pulled the CAT team out of the president's detail, made it a separate division in the Secret Service. So basically, Joe, anybody could try out for it. Hmm. Now, again, I thought that was a mistake, but why that was devastating to me is my boss came in. I remember this guy, uh, Ken, and he's like, Dan, I got bad news for you because I wanted to do CAT. And he says, listen, uh, they pulled CAT out of PPD, the Presidential Protective Division. So, you know, you have to pick. I'm like, what do you mean I have to pick? I want to do both. Everybody else got to do both. You know, you could go to the president's detail, Joe, and then do cat. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you can't. That's not the way it works anymore. And I was like, what? I was horrified. My whole career, that's all I wanted to do. And that was, you know what, though? It was some of the best advice I ever got, though. Because he what? said to me, which was genius. I said, well, Ken, what do I do? And he said, you have to ask yourself not what you want, but what you can live without. And I said, that's great advice. He said, can you live without doing the president's detail? I said, no. He said, there you go. That's your answer. And he said, can you live without doing cat? I said, unfortunately, yes. And he said, there you go. Simple answer. So that's what I did. And that's how I wound up on the presidential protection division other than the counter assault team. So just interesting side note. A little bit about me on Thanksgiving. So I Kettlebells. Kettlebells. Yeah, I didn't want to forget that. So the test, one of the tests to it, when you're on the cat team is the kettlebell test. They take the 53-pound kettle, and you have to snatch it over your head, which is like a swing, but you rip it over your head, too. And you have to do basically a certain amount in 10 minutes. Well, my shoulders are bad, so I don't snatch it overhead anymore. I just do the swing. But, man, is it a brutally effective exercise. I mean, you do the 10-minute swing test. You don't have to use the 82-pound. That's what I use. I, I like it because... Uh, it develops really explosive hip power. And when you grapple like I do and you do a lot of ground fighting, folks, the hips are everything. It's not something. It's not a little thing. Explosive hip power, being able to bridge off the ground, being able to blast an opponent uh, up in the air off your own back on the ground. Hip strength is everything. And there's nothing better than the kettlebell swing because it's really just a hip hinge. So that was number seven. I threw that in there, the kettlebells. And if you can afford to buy one, Go watch some videos. I think Dragon Door has a bunch of videos up. I mean, really, you can go to YouTube and just put kettlebell swing. There's probably a million videos on how to do it. But check that out. In my opinion, it is the single most effective exercise out there today, the kettlebell swing. It'll change your whole life. Your whole body composition will change just doing that. All right, uh, before we get to the next story, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. I'm really happy to have these guys on board. You know, my I have a 
unfortunately a multitude of health problems. And one of them I've talked about often on the show is I have really horrible allergies and I spend a lot of my time indoors. And the air you breathe indoors, matter of fact, most Americans spend 90% of their time indoors. The air you breathe indoors contains, this is crazy, Joe, up to 100 times greater air pollution than the air outside. Now, when you're indoors all day like me and you have allergies, that's that's like a death sentence. I'd tear myself up scratching all day if I if I didn't have good, solid, clean air in the house. It's time to replace your air filter. The, this, the season's changing. It's a perfect time to think about this. Filterby.com will send you the size you need within 24 hours, plus the shipping's free. They use double the industry standard MERV rating on most filter uh, sizes. And without getting into all the technical stuff, that takes the pollen, mold, dust, and the allergy-aggravating pollution out of the air, which is great for me working inside. All their filters are manufactured right here in the United States, and they can ship any size and in any quantity. They'll also ship to commercial locations. You have a business with 100 filters? This is your company. You'll save 5% more when you set up an auto delivery. You never have to think about air filters again. Go to filterbuy.com today and get the best price on top of quality filters. They'll ship them within 24 hours. Filterbuy.com. That's filterbuy.com. And I deeply appreciate all of you that have uh, supported uh, our sponsors, including Filterby. They're very happy. And uh, I'm ecstatic that you all have uh, trusted me with these people. We, we vet them before they come in. This is a great company. So thanks a lot. All right, uh, talking about the best types of conditioning, you know, the, my wife started CrossFit recently, and uh, I, I I read an article as well that I'll put in the show notes because so someone sent to me some suggestions for women. I'm just gonna make this portion of it quick, not because I haven't, you know, it's just it's easy to explain. I love CrossFit. I think it's terrific. I think it's really terrific for women. CrossFit is a, they don't call themselves gyms. They call themselves boxes, but they use a lot of the things I just talked about with metabolic conditioning, strongman type stuff, muscle ups, uh, complexes, bear crawls. And I saw an article on TMAG I'll put out there for my female listeners, which is really, really good. And the gist of the article, Joe, is why women need to train harder than dudes. Harder, not, 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 you know, not with lesser intensity, but more intense. I said it to my wife, I go, you got to read this. It's such a great piece. And uh, the, the core of the article is that women, have, their hormonal profile obviously is different than men. They have one tenth of the testosterone. Testosterone is going to lead, uh, as, as you probably figured out, um, testosterone is one of the primary muscle building hormones. So if you have one tenth of the level of testosterone, you're going to have a tougher time hardening up those muscles. And you, and don't worry about bulking up. I hear a, a lot of, you know, I have to worry about bulking up if I lift. And, you know, most, some women don't want to look like male bodybuilders, you know. I, not an issue. My wife is doing CrossFit now. She's jacked. She looks amazing. So I really recommend CrossFit. They're not like a sponsor or anything. I think it's just a great program um, for women. And one of the reasons, is, like I said, they do the metabolic conditioning. But in the piece that I'm going to put in the show notes that you really should check out, even if you're a guy and, you know, your wife's thinking about working out, it talks about how the hormonal profile women have that differs from men and their ability to work out with the same amount of ten- intensity given the same amount of body weight is is it can be compromised due to just different muscle structure. Mm. It's a great piece on why you need to really slam it when you're when you're a woman. You really need to hit it really, really hard. Now, it, in a way, it's a little disappointing. If I was a woman, I'm like, damn, I got to work out harder than the dudes. And hey, <laughs> listen, I, we only do facts on the show. And you read the piece, you'll be pretty convinced. So I thought it was fascinating. I sent it on to my wife because she really hits it hard in CrossFit. She's like, you think I'm working out too hard? And I sent her this piece. And I said, not according to this piece. You need to work out even harder. <laughs> so just the facts, folks, right? Just like Joe Friday. But CrossFit's a great option for women, I think. All right, uh, another great piece I'll put in the show notes. I'm going to talk about uh, some firearm stuff in a second, too. I had an interesting thought I wanted to get out there. 
But uh, I'll put two pieces in there. Uh, one about carbs, carb intake at night, and one about protein intake for weightlifters. First one, the carb intake at night. Joe, very yeah. bad. I know we talked about this last time. My I I love the John Berardi massive eating plan. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is Google it. I had it in the show notes for the last. If you look up uh, Rough Cuts one, I uh, one of the on those show notes. The link is in there, but Berardi's massive eating plan is really amazing. And the whole idea of it is that, in a nutshell, don't mix your carbs and your fat in any significant amounts. But don't don't by any means, you know. And remember, you talk to your doctor first. If you have some kind of colon cancer issue, I'm certainly not going to suggest you eat 25 pounds of red meat. But for those of you who've done that and are comfortable with it, the gist of massive eating is carbs aren't your enemy. Fat isn't your enemy. Carbs and fat at the same time in big amounts are your enemy. That's why French fries are so bad for you. What do you have? You have essentially a relatively simple carbohydrate in the potato fried in oil at the same time. So the the carbohydrate in your system elevates your insulin levels. Insulin is a storage hormone. And what are you storing? The fat, the fried oil that's flowing through your system now because you ate French fries and donuts. Now- Having a storage hormone is not necessarily a bad thing. Insulin, if you're eating your carbs and you're eating them with protein, you want to store some carbs. You want to store, you know, for energy, you want to store your protein in the form of muscle tissue. The amino acids break down and form new muscle tissue. So if you read the massive eating plan, I covered it in the first rough cuts. um, And again, the link is in there. So I'm not going to cover it again. But the article I read about carb intake at night is exactly that, Joe, that at night you want to be very careful about eating a lot of carbs because you're, you're I mean, you're sleeping. Your activity level is obviously lower and your, mm-hmm. your body is going to naturally, as a condition of the lower activity level, break down and utilize a lot of fat that you had stored up for energy overnight, not carbs. So if you stock up on carbs at night before you go to bed and you eat, say, a big bowl of pasta that the chances of you utilizing that and not storing it are pretty slim because you're not doing anything. You're sleeping. So you want to load your carbs where you're insulin sensitive earlier in the day when your activity level is higher so your body can use them. So it's a really good piece. I'll put that in there. And that's just, it's simple. The gist of it is go easy on the carbs at night. What you want to do is eat higher fat, high protein meals. That's just what I do at night. I'll eat a whole ribeye, fat and everything. Folks, if you've never seen me eat, it's a disturbing thing to watch. Yes, it is. Joe knows, right? Joe, can I oh, eat no. or can I eat? I remember that one time. I think I, I don't know if I was with you at WCBM, but that guy who comes in who with the coffee, and he, I think he asked me, like, hey, you want anything from McDonald's? Oh, remember Mike. that guy? What's that guy's name? I don't even remember his name. That was you Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike yeah, the Mike. intern. Yeah. And I, I was like, um, yeah, man, can I get, like, five egg McMuffins or something? <laughs> Dude was like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, no, no. Here's what, yeah, I'm, I eat like a horse, man. You've never seen anybody eat like me. But I follow the Berardi massive eating plan, and I'm 43, and I still got a pretty damn good set of abs. So, you know, things yeah. are working out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that one over. This, people loved yesterday's show. Oh, good. Second article is about protein intake. This is always a big controversy. Oh, is too much protein going to damage my yep. kidneys? Uh, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Folks, if you have normal functioning kidneys and you don't have any kind of compromised condition, Mm-hmm. The research is no, it will not, but there's no need to overdo it. The article I'll put in there says, listen, if you're a natural weightlifter, meaning you're not on steroids, you're not on PEDs, performance enhancing drugs or anything like that, a gram of protein per pound of body weight is all you need. You're 200 pounds. That means 200 grams. Now, it's a good amount of protein, folks. I mean, remember, a glass of milk is only about 10 grams of protein. So you're talking about like 20 glasses of milk, but- 
a full-blown steak, ribeye, you probably get about 35, 40 grams in that. Mm. And, you know, you have to be a bit of a food scientist, and it depends how serious you are about your body. So you need about, if you're looking to build muscle, you need to fit in during the course of the day about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So for, say, an average-sized guy, 160, 170 pounds, you're talking about 170 grams Average woman between, I don't know, 100 and 120, you're looking about 120 grams of protein a day if you want to maintain your muscle. Any more, and in the piece, he talks about how more can be damaging. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. More protein, more muscle. No, no, not necessarily, folks. They talk about how more protein can lead at times to what they call gluconeogenesis, where that you actually, mm. your body learns to convert excess protein, Joe, yeah. just to, to, uh, to, to, uh, to forms of carbohydrates that you can use to burn. You don't want to do that. You don't want to teach your body to burn protein for it. You want to teach it to store it as muscle. So it's actually a pretty good piece. And, you know, take a look at that. Hey, while you're here, Dan, are these these whey protein supplements okay that you mix in water and shakes and stuff? Yeah, I I, am... Here's the thing, whey protein isolate, there's 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 two kinds. There's whey protein yeah. isolate and whey protein concentrate. Whey protein isolate is super expensive. Um, it, you can get it, though. I mean, a lot of protein supplements have it. You just have to look at the back and the ingredients. It'll say whey protein isolate. Whey protein concentrate is a little less expensive. Um, a lot of the stuff is filtered. Uh, here's the difference here. Whey protein isolate is a really, really fast-acting protein. So hmm. if you're getting back from the gym, and you are you you just smoked it in a workout. You were there an hour and a half. You want a fast acting protein because your body is probably breaking down muscle tissue at this point at a relatively rapidly a rapid rate. So when when I, I use a product called Surge Biotest Surge, um, it's a really good post workout drink. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap. But you definitely don't want to take Gatorade after a workout. You may want to take it during if you're in an intense workout and need electrolytes. Uh, say you're in a football game or something like that. But after a workout, you want something that has carbohydrates and a whey protein isolate because it's fast acting. Now, about 45 minutes after that, I, I get a little scientific with this. I know it's driving the audience crazy. Well, I was going to ask you about the timing. There's, yeah, I know there's a timing so issue here. Right? Whey protein isolate right away. I mean, if you can slam it down your your throat the minute you're done with the workout, a good post-workout drink with whey protein, actually do it. 30 minutes to an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. After that, I take another protein drink in whole milk, and I make sure it has casein in it. Casein Mm. is milk protein, and that is a very slow digesting protein. The reason is, so now you get a quick hit back into the muscles, Joe. And then the casein, now as your body's breaking down muscle tissue over the day, the casein is slowly filtering into your bloodstream to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. So that's how I do it. And folks, I got to tell you, even at 43, it has worked swimmingly for me. Um, I mean, I'm not by no means uh, a professional bodybuilder of the Lee Haney, Dorian Yates type. But uh, for a guy who has relatively poor genetics, I'm very comfortable with uh, with how everything's worked out. And it's really, I think, due to just meticulous nutrition and timing. So it's a good question. Whey protein isolate's great. It's expensive, but it works right after the workout. And then after that, take something with casein in it, and that'll give you a little more of a slow burn, which will keep you from uh, from melting, especially if you're working out really, really hard. Thanks. Yeah, I do two-a-days, too, sometimes, because I go into jujitsu at night. So I need it. I need that constant energy source. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Perfect time for this. is a great episode for them to be involved in right now. I got a really, again, and I know I say this a lot, but I got another email last night. They, they were skeptics. They said, ah, I'm not so sure about that Dawn to Dusk, which is their energy product. They said, man, sold. 
I had stuff <laughs> is amazing. I told you, folks, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't advertise with this stuff was crap. It's great stuff. I'm telling you. I've always had a problem with energy products out there, right? Problem is you take them and then an hour later you crash. That's just the way it is. It's horrible. Well, Brickhouse Nutrition figured out a way through a time release energy product. They have all kinds of really great uh, product developers out there to do a time release, 10 hour time release energy pill. It's called Dawn to Dusk. It's a really amazing product. My wife loves it. Jo- Joe loves it. Joe's kid yeah. loves it. It's terrific stuff. I've used it. I've Listen, when I've had long media days, I've used it a couple times, and it's really, really amazing. I mean, I, I, this stuff is just, it'll get, if you're a CrossFitter, MMA person, working mom, working dad, assembly line, blue collar, white collar, it's really, really amazing stuff. Military folks, give it a shot. My email is daniel at bongino.com. Send me your reviews. I'm so confident you're going to love this stuff, and I send them right on to Miles. Again, it's called Dawn to Dusk. Dawn to Dusk. It's available at? BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And while you're there, check out Foundation too. It is an absolute staple of my workout program every day. It's a creatine ATP blend that for you dudes out there, even for women out there, take the mirror test. Give it a shot seven days later. Look at yourself again after being on it for seven days. Matter of fact, have your wife or husband look at you. I've gotten some emails on that where you look different. The stuff is amazing. All right, give it a shot, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right, uh, a couple more quick things here. So I get a lot of questions about firearms and firearms training, and uh, just uh, a couple of things on here. We did a lot of simunition training in the Secret Service, and I can't speak highly enough for this stuff. Now, I don't know if you have access to this type of training. Well, what is it first? I should probably tell you what simunition training is. (laughs) Assuming you all know. Simunition firearm is a it, it it's built like a standard firearm. So let's say you you know you we had Sig two two nines in the Secret Service Sig Sauer P two two nines. It's the same gun. It's just they swap out the barrel and the barrel fires a it's like a plastic bullet. Joe, it hurts. Okay. Believe me, it, it's not going to penetrate the skin. And it's filled with like a colored waxy material. Well, why? Because you know you change the colors that way you know who hit who in a gunfight, right? Okay. Now when you I mean, you, when you play simunitions, right, you put the face mask on. I mean, you put a foot, you know, because you get shot in the eye, it'll still take your eyeball out. So you put all the padding on. But one of the things I really enjoyed about simunitions is unlike target shooting where you're shooting cardboard, cardboard never shoots back. And you'll find out doing, during simunition training how much of your standard training mm-hmm. is crap. <laughs> No, I'm serious, Joe. Like one of the things I noticed right away in simunitions training is the use of cover, shooting behind cover. So let's say, Joe, you know, you see it in the movies, you know, the cop gets behind the car and he's behind the wheel and they're in a gunfight. He shoots and he ducks back and he shoots and he ducks back. Mm-hmm. Folks, when you're in simunition training and you get popped in the hands a few times, the minute your hand even comes out from behind the car or from behind that wall, that hurts mm, like a, mm-mm. it hurts bad, like really bad. I'm talking about your hands. Forget about a headshot. I mean, you get it in a helmet, so you. But it doesn't matter. You'd be dead in the real world. But it hurts. My point is, you learn right away. Like, gosh, when I was doing target practice from behind cover, I had this thing all wrong. When you're shooting from behind cover or behind a wall, you have to stand. It, it, Joe, this makes almost no sense. You would think because you've seen it in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, say you're shooting around a corner, right, Joe? What you've seen right. this in the movies a thousand times. What does a guy do? He like hugs the wall, right? Right. He hugs the wall, and then boom, he turns and he shoots. That's the worst thing to do. And you, once you start doing simunitions, you get popped a few times, you'll figure it out. What do they say down here in South? Right quick, you'll figure it out. Right quick. The way to do it 
is to back away from the wall. Now, you may say that makes no sense. No, trust me. Watch some videos on it. You'll see an effective use of cover and concealment. The farther away you are from the wall, you can start to see the bad guy, but he can't see you. Or all he can see from you is a little bit of the gun barrel. The distance gives you the perfect angle to be able to fire at him, obviously around the wall. You don't want to shoot the wall. You want to shoot at the other guy. The distance gives you the ability to fire at him without him being able to hit you. And I know that doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense, but if you watch some videos on it, distance is your friend from that cover and concealment. And one of the things in Sims you learn is that. So my point I was trying to make is if you have the opportunity to do any kind of live simunition training at a shooting center, whatever it may be, or I know this sounds crazy. Even like paintball type training. I get it. They're paintball guns. They're not real firearms. But folks, training under stress, you will see quickly how much of what you learned in the real world is really junk. I'm serious. We, I mean, Sims, we did it every day. And it was the best damn training I ever did in my life. You figure out how to squeeze your caboose behind a fire hydrant. We did this one thing in the Secret Service's Hogan's Alley type thing, Joe. <laughs> with like, you're walking down an alley and live the op for the opposition force, the bad guys, the secret service training staff instructors, they pop out of everywhere with these sim rounds and you just have to go find cover right away and start shooting back. Dude, there was just one time. All that was left was a fire hydrant. Folks, I'm six, one, two twenty. I was about one eighty back then. You, you're like, they were like, Dan, my, the, my, the students I was with, they were like, I've never in my life seen a six, one, 180 pound guy fit behind a fire hydrant like that. Let me tell you, when you're, <laughs> when your butt is getting plugged by simunition and, and you got purple welts all over your caboose and your legs, you'll fit behind that damn fire hydrant right away. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious, man. You'll fit, you know, the fire hydrant Joe on the side, it has the little out shoot with a, yeah. with a hose connects I was yeah. using that for my head. I'm like, I'm not getting hit. I'm not getting hit. Dude, it hurts, man, man. So if you can, paintball, simunition, this stuff has some applicability towards real life. And it'll learn, it'll, it'll, uh, excuse me, you'll learn how to, how to operate in a red zone where your heart's beating really fast. And you'll really, you'll realize quickly how much what, what you learned shooting at paper targets or, uh, really, really stinks. Uh, I get asked a lot what I, what I carry. I have a lot of, of guns. Um, I carry because it's Florida a Glock 43 which is a compact 9 millimeter. I really really like Glock. They're 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 I was going to say cheap but I don't mean cheap like they're they're built well. Um they're mm-hmm. cost effective is probably a better way. Cheap has some negative connotations. They're very cost effective. They're not going to break your your bank account. You can hammer nails with the damn things and they still fire. You could you know, I don't recommend you do it, but there's videos of people pouring like Coca-Cola down the barrel. They're glad this thing still shoots, no problem. Sand in it, you'll at least get a couple rounds off. Again, you shouldn't do that, but these are really, really good guns. I like my Glock 43. Um, it, it's it's a nine millimeter. I carry the uh, Hornady critical defense ammo, which is really good. But I also, if you were to ask me in a perfect world, I would, and I carry in a a, a pocket holster, right? But I have a pancake as well. A pancake holster is a, is a holster that goes on your belt. Like, you know, you've seen, you know, just standard mm-hmm. holster you take from the side. In a perfect world, I would carry a SIG 229. We had it in the Secret Service. It's a 357 SIG round. You lose a couple rounds. There's 12 in the magazine, one in the, one in the pipe. So you get 13 rounds total. So you'll lose a few. Um, the Glock has a 357 SIG that has a 16 round magazine. So you'll lose three rounds. But I really, really, 
like the SIG 229. I, my humble opinion, if you can pancake, because you're not going to fit that in your pocket. It's a full-size gun. If you can pancake it, meaning keep it on your belt, because you, you know, you're in a, I'm in Florida. Nobody, you know, people barely wear clothes in Florida. Seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, so what, the state's a big nudist colony because it's 95 degrees every day. There's yeah. nowhere to hide your gun. But if you live in a state that has four seasons and you can carry with a jacket, the SIG 229 is just like, they don't sponsor the show or anything, but they're, at my humble opinion, it's the Cadillac of hand pistols. I shot with that thing for a year in the Secret Service for years. The round is, is amazing. It is so powerful that 357 SIG round, and the gun just shoots like a BB gun. There's, I mean, it's just the recoil is so natural. It's just an incredible gun. I don't, I, unfortunately, right now I don't have one. I, you have to turn yours in in the Secret Service. The NYPD gave me my gun back, but uh, I wish I did because it's. I'm, I'm going to get one eventually. It's just such a terrific gun. My only suggestion with the Glocks, by the way, I love Glock, but if you go with the Compact 43, which is a great gun, uh, highly recommend it change out the sights they come with these really crappy white sights i mean they shouldn't be crappy but they're just you know they're they're, the glock keeps their product cost effective and the sights are not great um trade them out for some trigicons or some night sights and you'll be fine it'll cost you a hundred extra dollars or so but yeah the sights are it comes with these white sights that i i really uh, don't like but that's my only complaint otherwise it's a great gun i can't recommend it highly enough um all right all right one last story here so I was talking to my uh, my wife the other day. We were watching a movie, and no, 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 we were watching a we were watching a TV show. And a guy in the TV show was trying to choke the other guy. And I said to my wife, you know, it's amazing how basic things like learning how to defend yourself via choke. I'm not suggesting you practice this on your friends, please. You know, seriously, you could get someone killed or hurt, but. I love mixed martial arts and jujitsu, and I can tell you, especially for smaller framed guys out there, uh, smaller framed guys and and women out there, I say smaller frame because if you're attacked and you're subjected to attack by a guy who's average size or bigger, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the strength. I mean, that's just I'm just giving you the facts. That's why I said smaller frame guys. You really need to learn at least one like basic choke or joint lock, to, you know, to get yourself out of the situation and, and live. And one of the things I saw on the TV is you watch TV and they always ch- ch- and do the choke the wrong way. So I was, I was saying to Paula, I'm like, let me show you how this thing actually works. And, and there's a big difference, folks, and, and they teach you this in jiu-jitsu on like day one and ground fighting, between a windpipe choke, which is very dangerous. I would never practice that on anyone. You could seriously kill someone or hurt someone. Do not do that. And a carotid choke, which is basically a blood choke. Uh, a windpipe choke is what you see in the movies where they, they, they you know, you've seen this, Joe, where they get the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bony part of their, the, their lower arm and they put it up against the guy's neck and they, they take yeah. the other arm and they grab it and they lean back and try to suffocate the guy, try yeah. to suffocate the guy and try to, that's very, very, very dangerous. I mean, you can collapse someone's windpipe and you can seriously kill them. You could do some serious damage. Even, you know, folks, my neck is super thick from years of getting choked in jujitsu. And I was in a class the other night with a new guy, really, really nice guy, younger guy. Uh, he's about my body weight. And we were working on the guillotine choke. And there were a couple times he got that windpipe. This is a totally new guy. He got that windpipe choke. And that's not what the guillotine is. He did it by mistake. And I was like, <clears throat> I mean, it really hurts. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, my neck is thick enough, but but you do that hard enough, you can collapse someone's windpipe. I highly, highly recommend 
if you ever are forced into a self-defense situation where you have someone's neck and you do not do that. Seriously, you'll kill them or you could potentially kill them. The way to effectively choke to stop a fight or stop someone from attacking you if you get it. And if you're in law enforcement, by the way, I just want to be crystal clear on this. Most of these are banned. So this is not for you. You have to follow whatever your use of force guidelines are. Seriously, a lot of this stuff is banned by police departments. Um, I don't think that's the best advice. And the windpipe choke, yes, but this one not. A carotid choke is different. Um, you can look this up. Uh, you can go to any kind of martial arts school and and check it out. But you know, I know Joe Rogan talks about a lot of this stuff on his podcast too. You have to, you know, f- when you feel it and you're in a jujitsu school, you see what I'm talking about. The way that works is. The windpipe, rather than being on the the forearm, Joe, Mm -hmm. the windpipe is in the crook of the elbow, Hmm. which you say, well, well, how does that make sense? Well, what it creates is it creates a V between your upper arm and your lower arm, and it actually protects the windpipe. You don't... Because again, you crush that, you're going to kill someone. And which, besides the morals and ethics of doing that, it's obviously a pretty crappy thing to do. You're going to... Even if you crush their windpipe and they live, they're going to sue the hell out of you. With the carotid choke and the way jujitsu works is you get that in the crook of the elbow, so you almost protect it. And the the cinching of the V closes off the carotid arteries on both sides of the neck. And within seconds, you'll see that the, the guy or the woman who's attacking you, you can't. there's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter if you're on drugs, if you're on LSD, cocaine, crack. Mm-hmm. The, the computer, once it stops getting that blood flow, you'll see they start to get lightheaded quickly. And hopefully you don't have to... It, that, you know, put them to sleep, but they'll go to sleep um, within, most people say five to six seconds if you cinch it well enough. But go seek out an instructor who knows what they're doing. I highly recommend everybody take up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Don't watch it on the internet and try it on your friends. But I bring this up because you see a lot of this stuff in the movies and you get the impression, just like with firearms, that this stuff works in real life, and it doesn't. It doesn't work in real life. I think of Rocky Three when he's on Hulk Hogan's neck. Remember the, the Thunder mm. Lips, the Ultimate Male, and he, that stuff doesn't work. You have to. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and everybody should know at least a few self defense techniques. So remember, go seek out a good qualified instructor, learn a few joint manipulations, and learn what the difference is between a very very dangerous windpipe choke and a carotid choke. So you, God forbid, defend yourself if you had to in a situation. You don't have to be a black belt in jujitsu to know a couple of things. All right, folks, I appreciate it. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope today's show was uh, light enough for you. I, I tried not to bog you down with too much, poli- too much politics. But tomorrow, we will be back with, of course, some hard-hitting commentary, as we always do. So <laughs> right. thanks again, folks. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.